1: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now it's time to drop some knowledge
3: welcome in everybody it is the mile high huddle podcast i'm your host chad jensen with me is my fellow football priest you know him you love him he is zach kelberman zach did you hear that i just i dude i could have swore i just heard a whoopee cushion could have been a fart oh wait headline jawan james extracts his pound of flesh from broncos laughs all the way home dude what the sam hill Oh man, it's going to be a good podcast when we start off talking about farts that we're
2: hearing, Chad. But yeah, it seems that Juwan James bled the Broncos for about a million dollars more. They settled their grievance uh, from when he got injured. Working out away from the facility, I think it's $1.085 something like that. So he recouped some money. But as we said on the radio earlier, he stole enough money from the Broncos in 2019. So I'm not crying Uh, too many tears for Juwan James.
3: Oh man. Uh, you brought up a statistic on the radio show as this news was breaking today, and that was the reminder, sad, cold, hard reminder, that $27 million signing bonus, 63 snaps over two seasons. And I will remind you, he bowed out of his second year because of the pandemic. He said, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and chill on the couch. Good luck, boys. Year prior, the knee thing, right? Team thought he could have been able to play after about week seven on. He begs to differ. Golly, we got a lot to talk about that's actually relevant to today, Denver Broncos. But I thought, hey, let's get this up and out of the way.
2: You know, what's relevant is the Broncos still don't have a permanent right tackle. They, they tried with Juwan. They tried so badly. He seemed like that marquee free agent signing by John Elway, but it blew up in their faces just like a whoopee cushion. So very ironic.
3: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And as you guys can see, we're going to make this a, uh, a new theme here. We're going to keep our rankings on YouTube and super chat uh, and Facebook and supporters stars in the ticker below the top five. You're, Every show, it's going to be updated, and you're never going to have to wait for us to, like, pull up the share screen to see it or announce it. You're just always going to get the visual and know exactly where you stand. So much love and respect to the top five on Facebook. Gary Leeds Palmer right now, Mark Schrader, and it's a pretty wide gap. Lawrence Rivera, Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Lampy. We love and appreciate each one of you. And then on Super Chat, D-Dub currently at number one. The Duchess, two. DWI Guys, three. EJ, four. And five is Gregory Vendeland. So much love and respect, you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, Zach, before we got one other matter of business to get to, but before we do that, real quick, your gut reaction to the Broncos biting the bullet on Sam Martin. Adios.
2: I'm happy about it. You know, we we talked about it last night that I thought that, The wise thing to do from a long-term perspective is to go with the younger, cheaper, and bigger-legged Corliss Waitman. And and sure enough, today the Broncos gave Sam Martin his walking papers. They'll save about $1.4 million overall by changing punters. And, you know, it's something to sneeze at. That's some coin you can put away for, as you like to call it, the Evan Mathis fund, the rainy day fund. You never know when you can need it. Waitman, I think, jibes better with Dwayne Stukes being a left-footed punter with legitimate upside and a guy who can – Uh, hurt opponents by downing punts inside the 20-yard line. So I'm very happy with this move.
3: It's a little bit nerve-wracking in the sense that you're going from a, you know, he's not one of the best punters in the league, but he's an above-average, maybe just slightly above-average punter in Sam Martin, overpaid, uh, albeit to a completely unproven left-footed punter, putting some different spin on that ball for returners across the NFL. Hey, why not? Why not? It's not like Waitman, there was some massive gap between what he did in the camp and preseason and what Sam Martin did. So I'm ready to roll the dice because I think uh, Russell Wilson is going to be that difference maker at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, but I don't want to settle for average anywhere. I understand Martin is pretty consistent, but I want more than that. I want a guy who can legitimately flip field position and be a weapon on that side of the ball. And as I mentioned on the radio earlier, uh, Waitman really reminds me of like Marquette King and the way he's built, his big leg, the way he, what he brings to the position. And like I said, Dwayne Stukes was always a champion for him. And when you're on Stukes' side, you have a good chance of
3: making the final roster, as he did. No doubt about it. Um. Before we dip on out of here into our next topic, guys, we got some exciting stuff to go through with you because if I can end this share screen here, come on, Jensen, what are you doing? Um, it's winning season, all right? Winning season is back on the table for our great community. Uh, thanks in large part to my bookie. It's officially returned. Whether you're a seasoned better, or maybe you're a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks, And it's simple. You follow the link in this disc- the show's description and sign up using our promo code WILSON22, easy to remember, WILSON22, on your first deposit, and you will instantly double your money with MyBookie. It's really simple, guys. A $250 deposit, for example, puts
2: $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet on as many individual games, contests, or props as your heart desires. Bet on each team's winning totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, or use the MyBookie prop builder to give yourself the edge you need to secure the bag. Again, use code WILSON22 when you sign up and get double your deposit. Follow the follow the link, mybookie.com slash uh, my
3: Mile High Huddle bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Booyah. Just remember that code, Wilson22. Links in the description. One other matter of business, gang, is the Twitter account for the main Mile High uh, Huddle podcast has changed it used to be at huddle up pod as you all know now it is at the mhh pod easy to remember so connect with us over there connect with the main account at mile high huddle connect with my partner in crime zach kalberman at kalberman nfl myself at chad and jensen and our great producer scott kennedy easy to remember his handle at scout kennedy all right and with that zach let's dive back into today's conversation so the final roster cuts, they began. We already covered one of them in the form of Sam Martin being handed his walking paper. A shout-out, Phil. Appreciate you, big dog. It's great to see you. Hashtag, let's ride indeed. Hashtag, MHH for life. We really appreciate you, brother. Seriously. Um, okay, so Zach, check this out. Broncos final roster uh, cut tracker. Here's who has been shown the door really quick here. Uh, we covered the release waived. Cornerback bless austin also donnie lewis jr waved injured cornerback jaquan hardy the running back jeremiah gemmel the inside linebacker and sebastian gutierrez the offensive lineman so six roster transactions hit the bricks the roster sits at 74 zach anything jump jump out to you what was your gut reaction to the moves so far
2: I mean, pretty SOP. These are bottom-of-the-roster players. A, a few of them could come back to the practice squad. I did like what I saw from Hardy. I liked the big hit that Jeremiah Gemmel, the general head. And maybe there is a project upside in Sebastian Gutierrez, but there is absolutely no surprises. Even Sam Martin, to me, wasn't all that shocking. So,
3: same old the, business. The Duchess, love you, appreciate you You're throwing you down a, a very, that. very, very generous super chat. For us, it means a lot to us. You know that. Helps keep the lights on here. She says, I really wish Divine Azigbo would make the team. He showed heart. And then he said, she says, Sam, I am I am close. The door on the way out. And say hi to Buffalo. Oh, Sam, I am close. I am. Wait. Sam Martin going to Buffalo. Thank you. Oh, is he going to Buffalo? I mean, is that just because it makes too much sense. They, yeah. they need a punter, so it makes sense. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But Azigbo uh, led the team in rushing. On the third game, what say you? Because out of camp, we talked about this on the radio show today as well, Zach. Out of camp, the Broncos kept four running backs last year. And you go, oh, well, that was a different coaching staff. True, but the same GM. I think Izzigbo is going to get cut. And uh, one of the two, either him or
2: Jaquan Hardy will make the practice squad. But I did like what he put on tape. Not more than I liked Mike Boone, though. He was simply electric. He was amazing from my point of view for an RB3. So they have their three running backs set. And I'm not keeping Mike Boone off the roster in favor of Ozigbo, and I'm not keeping four running backs, but I would like to see him maybe stick.
0: Uh, not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
1: the practice squad if possible
3: perhaps this is a dr seuss reference for what it's worth as i decode the syntax here you guys know i'm a little slow on the uptake when it comes to syntax interpretation Uh, also a great band for what it's worth sam i am um love you michaela thank you so much appreciate you uh ozigbo he's a guy that you wave and hope you can get him on the practice squad because the broncos have unfortunately michaela some some bigger fish to fry, or I should say bigger problems roster-wise than at running back. Javante, Melvin, and Mike Boone is a pretty solid top three, so you can afford, because of the strength of that depth chart, you can afford to go light there and invest numbers elsewhere where it's more needed, whether that's O-line. I mean, you've got uh, Tom Compton on the pup. We still don't know for sure how healthy Billy Turner is going to be at right tackle. Uh Natani Muti, that's up in the air with his health after a really strong training camp. So you could you could use that extra roster spot, my point here, Zach, to kind of bolster a, a unit like that that could use some numbers.
2: Plus, Wattenberg was coming off an injury, so that offensive line was bitten bad by the injury book. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily cry if Ozigbo was poached on the practice squad, but it's worth putting him there and maybe call him up if you need him later in the season. I did like what he put on tape.
3: Shout out to some people in the chat. Ronnie, what's going on, brother? Albert in the hizzy. What's going on, big dog? The other, Michaela, new to our community. Good to see you, Michaela Israel. Uh, Mike S., good to see everybody. Jeff, Malcolm, of course, Dylan helping us on the YouTube side of things. And uh, unique prepping. This time of, uh, in, in this day and age, hey, don't turn your nose up at the at the prepping thing, right? 2020, I think, proved that to uh Not just Americans, but people the world over. Unique Prepping says, Hey, family, I subbed with my prepping channel. This is Smouse in the house. This is cool. So, is this the other thing that you were working on? You hinted at you had something else, something you were working on. That's cool. Give him a sub, you guys. Give him a sub. Zachary Smouse in the house. Legendary. The lore that exists in the MHH community around Smouse in the house. I mean, it's considerable.
2: Long time supporter of MHH with the best name among
3: supporters of MHH. We appreciate you, man. Good luck with the channel. Mike Reno, another great member of our community, says, sorry, Chad and Zach, the system won't let me purchase stars. What the Sam Hill? Uh, Don't worry about it, buddy. He says, wanted to contribute today, but I don't know why it's not letting me verify. Hashtag MHH for life. Go Broncos, let's ride. Don't even trip, dude. We're just happy to have you with us, Mike. Thanks for being here, buddy. Uh, And the the, uh, thought is very uh, meaningful to us as well my friend. Um, okay. So back to the cuts here. All right. Um, what about the general dude? He looked good in that third preseason game, but Zach, usually the first round of cuts, those are not the guys that the team is giving any assurances to in terms of, Hey, if you pass through waivers, Hey, you know, let not your heart be troubled. We will resign you to the PS, to the practice squad. Usually now it's not absolute, but in most cases that's how it shakes out, which, kind of hints that they they came, they saw, they got a little just uh, Jeremiah uh, Gemel action and said, nah, we'll move on.
2: Yeah, I don't, they're not going to need to keep that many inside linebackers. Uh, and if they were to keep another one, I think Kanai Malga, the undrafted rookie who's played pretty well this preseason, uh, would, would get the, uh, the nod there. But maybe, again, Gemel could be a practice squad uh,
3: guy going forward. Leroy, who is so steady, consistent, in every single chat that I can remember, of late anyway, let's grab a question from you, my, my friend. He says, good evening. And my high salute, right back at you, bro. Question, do we pick up a couple of inside linebackers on the waiver wire for depth and D-line depth? Zach? D-line depth
2: I would like, though. Mattelvin Ajim, you know, uh, got some of the critics off his back with that performance. They do have Matt Henningson who's played well. A couple young guys, including a Rike, they're excited about. I don't know that you need another inside linebacker, though. Like I mentioned, in this scheme, they're very much devalued. You have two solid guys in Jewel and Jonas Griffith. You have uh, the third in Alex Singleton, and I guess the fourth in Justin Sternad. So I think they're fine there. I don't think they're going to make a move at inside linebacker.
3: Shout out to Greg Smith, who's in the house with us tonight as well. And Michaela with a number two super chat because she is on the Mount Rushmore here at MHH. Thank you, Michaela. She says, no way. Uh, we're going to get a starting right tackle now. We have what we have, I think, and I agree for the most part. We'll see. It's not so much a no way. It's just that those, those guys that are valuable, they're not getting handed walking papers right now. Now, maybe there's some diamond in the rough who just didn't get his just desserts, whatever stop he was at, that George Payton and the scouting department's done their due diligence on, and all of a sudden he's available on the wire. They put in a claim. You never know, but I think you're right. This, it is right now for the most part, their options, Denver's options at right tackle. It is what it is. They have what they have.
2: They're so hard to find, you know, elite or at least starting caliber linemen. And like Chad said, the players that are going to start are not going anywhere. There's one guy who supposedly is on the block and that's Tevin Jenkins from Chicago. Uh, supposedly Chicago's getting phone calls. I don't know, or think the Broncos call, but there are names out there that could
3: be uh, among the options. The Broken Pirates, we always like to try and get at least one of our Twitch questions per stream if we can. Broken Pirate says, "Think we? Uh, do you think we're going to see any surprise cuts or trades tomorrow, Zach? Maybe. I-, I don't know about surprise cuts. Like, who would qualify as a surprise
2: cut? Like, Albert O, he's not getting cut. Someone like that. Or Graham Glasgow, for example. Maybe Murray Trades—that's that's the surprise to me via trade. If they could get something from Malik Reed, I would do it. If you're going to keep Cooper, you got Nick Benito, Baron Browning, obviously Chubb, and uh, uh Randy Gregory. Malik Reed could be the trade candidate here. There's a lot of teams around the NFL that can use an edge, and he's experienced. He was the Broncos sack leader, and maybe has some value now on a cost-controlled RFA contract.
3: Um, yeah, I would like if you can turn malik reed for a draft pick whatsoever i mean that's a net gain he was a college free agent out of nevada came in helped carry some water during some very up and down seasons where if you weren't missing vaughn you were missing chubb and the problem with him though it's like well then why wouldn't you want to keep that guy around well he's a cleanup guy you know so you got three younger guys and i'm gonna include jonathan cooper here if push came to shove I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to err on the side of Cooper's upside because the only thing Malik Reed brings to the table is you can count on him to clean it up. He's not going to beat his guy off the edge, whether it's, you know, bull rush inside spin, freaking bending the edge, whatever. It's just not going to happen once in a blue moon. Don't get me wrong, but like it's not on the reg. It's not like Vaughn. It's not like, you know, Elvis Doomerville, Randy Gregory, for that matter, Bradley Chubb. Those guys can win their one-on-ones. For Reed, it's, hey, quarterback's holding onto the ball a little bit longer because coverage is good. Boom, gotcha. Or, hey, you know, Chubb came off the opposite end and flushed him this way, and I cleaned that up and got to him first because he was put right in my lap. That's cool, but and you need a guy that's smart enough to capitalize on that when, when those opportunities occur. But can he do more? Can he set the edge? No, nah, not really, not his calling card. So that's why I'm saying – my tune's kind of changed on this a little bit, Zach, because at the beginning of the summer, I was like, nah, don't look that gift horse in the mouth. You got him one last year. Hold on to Malik Reed. Just don't even, don't even give it a second thought. But I've changed my outlook on that because I think, too, if you expose Jonathan Cooper to the wire, he had a really strong rookie year, you know, for a, for a what was he, seventh round pick? Someone's going to scoop him up and he's gone. And you know Malik's gone after this year. So choose wisely.
2: I think it's time to start calling Malik Reed Mr. Clean because like you pointed out, that's what he does best is clean up the sacks and kind of capitalize off everyone else's hard work. But if they were to make a choice, it came down to it. I would take Cooper because like you said, the upside and uh, he did play pretty well last year coming off that heart ablation surgery. Um, and I think he has more value, Malik Reed, around the NFL. I'm sure George Payton can get maybe a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, something for him, and we all know George Payton wants more darts at the dartboard for next year's draft. One thing I will say about Reed, I was with you, Chad. I was a little hesitant to trade him because I was unsure what there was behind him, especially with Cooper picking up an injury in OTAs, but now that Baron Browning looks like the real deal at OLB and Nick Benito is progressing as a
3: pass rusher, I'm comfortable moving on. Albert says McTelvin Ajim might be a surprise cut. Well, he might be a cut, but at this stage, after how bad he was for the majority of training camp, I don't know that I would 100% say surprise, but I get what you're trying to say. Recent third-round pick, you know, it's not too often those guys are shown the door inside of their rookie contract, you know, term. He would be, if he's cut, shown the door in year three as a recent third-round pick. He wouldn't even actually get to his third season. His third preseason, I guess. I don't know. But at the same time, Zach, one of the, we talked about this today on the radio show as well. By the way, guys, if you're in Denver, just turn it on, 98.1 FM, every weekday from 2 to 3. If you're not in Denver you want to catch the MHH show, Zach and I doing our thing, you can listen live. Just make sure you're following us on Twitter. We tweet the link out before each show. Uh, and then you can just bookmark it because it's the same link every single time, all right? But um, I lost my train of thought what I was going to say before I went into that. We were talking about this today. Oh, McTelvin Ajim. You tell guys, hey, you know, every preseason game counts. This is where, you know, you it's like each one's a job interview. To... So if they're meaningful and they factor into the equation, then you got to give points to McTelvin Ajim for what he did in game three. It wasn't just like, you know, made a play. He made many plays, and they were game-changing type plays that counts for something.
0: I- Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair.
2: I do give him credit for the game, but one game doesn't overshadow the nothingness that he contributed for a couple years now, being stuck in Vic Fangio's doghouse. I, I agree with Chad. I disagree, Albert, a little bit. I, I think he could be cut, but it wouldn't qualify as a surprise when you already used two draft picks on linemen in Awuzurike and Henningsen. So obviously this regime including George Payton has no loyalty to Mattelvin Ajim. And that's another player, young interior lineman has some maybe upside potential. I could see George Payton making a call about Ajim and flipping him for a conditional seventh. That's better than cutting him outright.
3: Definitely. Um, Okay. I want to come back to these cuts real quick. Bless Austin. First of all, Zach and Dean. Thank you. Appreciate that on Facebook. Shout out Dean W. Johnson. Um, Donnie Lewis, we had zero expectations for and he totally, uh, you know, lived up to those <laughs> lack of expectations. But bless Austin, there was a part of me that was like, all right, you know, he's been around the block a little bit. He's started some games up in Seattle, maybe. Man, was he a liability in coverage? And, and did you see anything I missed? No,
2: he was pretty trash to me, and I don't want a well-traveled cornerback. That's not a good title to associate with that position, and he wasn't good in Seattle. It's a far cry from the Legion of Boom. The Broncos can and did a lot better at cornerback than Bless Austin or Donnie Lewis, for that
3: matter. No offense, guys. And then, of course, the offensive tackle, Sebastian Gutierrez, undrafted rookie, didn't really make a mark, and it's unfortunate because I know when you start as – unless you're like a true priority free agent, you know, after the draft you get signed, it's hard to work your way up from the very, very bottom as a rookie. And like, there's just not enough rope in a lot of cases for those guys to make a full case. But for the, this situation, it was actually quite fortuitous, Zach, because not only do the Broncos need tackle help, but the two guys that they signed to be their solution didn't participate in training camp. So like, There were reps to go around and and to spare, and yet Gutierrez couldn't separate in any way, shape, or form. He hit the bricks, and I think, unfortunately, in this case, deservedly so, and that's not a great thing because, you know, it's not like there were other guys who, Quinn Bailey, uh, Casey Tucker with the toe thing, of course, but it's not like there were other guys totally outshining him. No one was really that good uh, beyond. Calvin Anderson had a moment or two. Cam Fleming as a blocker here and there, and I guess they didn't, allow a sack on Saturday. So there is that.
2: It got to a point, though, where Gutierrez was taking reps with the ones during training camp because of injuries to the position. So once more, I'll say I hope Billy Turner stays healthy. There's not much behind him. And it's yet another blight on the shot caller's resume, in this case, George Payton, for not addressing the position until that's solved. That's the one hill I'm willing to die on, Chad, having Billy Turner and relying on the Juwan James of the world every
3: single year. Oh, I heard it again. I heard, it, I heard that sound again. <laughs> Howie how freaking day. What's up, dude, in the house? Appreciate you. Appreciate the stars, my dog. <laughs> you know we do. You to man. Um, so let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit, all right? We've covered the ground of who was cut today. Again, in case you're just joining us, Broncos made six roster cuts today. Sam Martin, the punter, is gonzo, all right? Waived our Donnie Lewis Jr., bless Austin, uh Gutierrez, the offensive tackle, Jaquan Hardy, the running back, and Jeremiah Gimmel, the recently acquired linebacker, those guys are gone. So who with the roster sitting at seventy-four? They got a what? That's twenty one more cuts to be made. So who are some of the guys that you feel like comfortable saying they're they're gonna be gone tomorrow? <sighs> pretty much any of the
2: backup offensive linemen, you know, the the Zach Johnson, Quinn Bailey types. I think one of the receivers is getting their walking papers one way or the other, whether it's Kendall Hinton, uh, Seth Williams, Brandon Johnson. I think Seth Williams played himself onto a spot of the 53, but it's comes down to the, the rest of those kind of players. Um, other people in the secondary, people like J.R. Reed, who was signed specifically to be a special teamer, but they have enough special teamers now. A uh, Zigbo, to Michaela's point earlier, I think he's gone as well. It's easier to talk about like who's a lock than who's gone because there's so much more fat to be trimmed.
3: Yeah, we have this awesome dude that helps out. Uh, M.H.H. Real quick, sorry, this is a little scatterbrained, but I just saw a little ding on my browser. I had to look. Uh, Jake Sands shout out to him he does all of our uh, design and stuff at MHH and he put this together Zach thank you Sam Martin thank you for the very average punting of the last (laughs) how how many seasons you know I love you Jake you're the man so if you're watching this it's I do we appreciate you putting this stuff together you know we love you but like thanks for nothing I don't know holding it down I don't know whatever Peace. (laughs) Peace out, Sam. Um, Okay, so wide receivers, you like Seth. I like Seth making it too. I'm not necessarily saying like I'm saying he should, although I do think that. Seth, I think, has separated. It'd be hard to keep a straight face credibility in that locker room, I think, Zach, if you cut Seth Williams, because he has shined in every single game. And now that I say that, I got to double check because my memory blocked out game two. You know, it was like traumatic. So it's gone from the mind's eye, but I'm going to double check game two. The leading receiver was Trey Quinn. He's already been shown the door, followed by uh, Jalen Virgil, Shepard, Okwebunam. So Williams had a quiet game two, Zach. Two receptions for eight yards on two targets. But in the first preseason game, Seth Williams produced. Four receptions for 29 yards and a tutty, and then we know what he did on Saturday. So I don't know. I just think he's he's done enough to where you lose a little credibility if you cut him, knowing that there's those two spots open. Tyree Cleveland use some kind of a designation for him, injury designation, so you don't have to use that roster spot and you keep him in the you keep him in the in the organizational uh, embrace, and then whatever you know, roll with Kendall Hinton, um, whatever. But I think Seth Williams has shown the most juice in terms of consistency this summer. A lot of guy, other guys have flashed, like Virgil has flashed. He will be a guy they will try to get back on the, on the practice squad. Montrell's making the roster. That's, that's fait accompli. Brandon Johnson, another guy I would say, just put him on IR and then sniff again in eight weeks or whatever.
2: That's exactly the point I was going to make. Not with Tyree Cleveland because he's already kind of practicing. He was catching passes from Russ pregame against the Vikings. He's closer to returning. Brandon Johnson, unfortunately, had a high ankle sprain, which is one of the most nagging, um, kind of longer-term injuries for a receiver to deal with. So maybe put him on pup. Maybe put him on short-term IR. Keep him a part of the roster, but – away from prying eyes and prying teams and keep another receiver. I do think Seth has been the best of that bunch, but maybe the Broncos surprise us all and bring in a veteran receiver just to
3: stable out that core after losing Patrick. As my friend BA would say, Mike could be. Mike Reno found a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And Mike has both the will and he found a way. So appreciate you throwing down those stars, big dog. He says, do you both believe that no one has possibly played their way into a starting job on the offensive or defensive line? Well, played their way, look, preseason notwithstanding, because none of the starters outside of Quinn Miners played um, in, the, in the preseason, but the, the starting lineup for the O-line, they carried their water in, the, in training camp. You know, they did what they had to do. So I don't know about that. D-line, though? Draymond same thing Draymond and DJ they are just like They were already penciled in as starters That's done whether you think They justified it through how they played In training you know you don't have to earn it When you're penciled in like that you just have to justify It and if the Broncos say they justified it then They justified it Deshaun Williams Though now that's one where it's Like hey if you had perhaps some Better depth is that a guy that would Really be penciled in as your other D-line Starter it's a little bit of a cost For concern not because I think Deshaun Williams, Zach, is uh, a jag. No, I do think he's better than that, and he's shown a propensity to make plays that, that impact uh, since the Broncos rediscovered him the third time. Um, but I think it does reflect on the state of this team's depth, and it's not that they don't have depth. It's that all their depth outside of Mike Purcell are young dudes that have next to no experience.
2: Yeah, that's my thing. It's like we know pretty much every starter on the O-N-D line. The only one that was up in the air was right tackle. It's going to be Billy Turner barring a setback with his injury. But to me, it's the backups. It's who replaces Billy Turner. Is it Calvin? Is it Cameron Fleming? Who is it there? Who is the interior swing lineman? I assume Graham Glasgow, but what's going on with Tani Muti and Luke Wattenberg? Who replaces you know, one of the Jones brothers, is it going to be McTelvin or Matt Henningsen? It's the bottom end of the roster that needs sorted out. The starters, I think, are signed, sealed and delivered.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies.
3: It is curious, uh, Howie, we will talk about Jalen Virgil's uh, fate being sealed potentially by that muffed kick return. Um, But it is curious, like, what what has Deshaun Williams done in an offseason to leapfrog a well-paid Mike Purcell? Not like high-level paid, but like a well-paid Mike Purcell. What did he do? Is it just a different coaching philosophy that kind of, affected that equation you think Zach is it his history with DJ Jones like how is it that Deshaun suddenly leapfrogged Mike Purcell which a year ago would have been unthinkable
2: I think he's a much better pass rusher than Mike Purcell Mike Purcell's mm. pretty much a run stuffer where Deshaun can get after the quarterback but yeah it's surprising it's like you have an all-pro caliber guy in Draymond Jones you handed 30 million to your free agent prize and DJ Jones and then the third starter is like dot 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 Deshaun Williams. So hopefully he proves Evero and
3: Company correct. Jalen Virgil, though, he had a shot to be one of those two that they just said, "No, nah, we're going to hold on to two of you, and the other ones, you know, a few a couple of you we want back, but we have to risk it to the waiver wire." He had a shot at being one of those guys because he actually finished game three. Zach, let me pull this up real quick. Uh, refresh my memory. Jalen Virgil finished game three uh, second leading receiver four receptions on five targets tying the the team lead uh, as far as receptions goes for fifty eight yards along of thirty like and again another guy like Williams who has produced well um steadily through the preseason but those heads up moments where the pressures on and it's not just hey it's game time so there's pressure in the game it's like hey you know the stakes here you can't you can't screw the pooch like that when you know what's at stake. And if you do, it kind of tells us a little bit about what kind of performer you are in crunch time.
2: Oh man. I haven't seen a muff like that since Isaiah McKenzie and it brought back really bad flashbacks of that. You can't make those mistakes. Like Chad said, Uh, your job's on the line and that if they're calling your number on special teams as the kick returner, you got to step up and do your job and fumbling the opening kickoff and having the ball go out at the three is not doing your job. It might've sealed his fate though. I still say he wouldn't have made it anyway. The Broncos don't need yet another speed guy. They need more of a possession guy. So practice squad for Jalen Virgil. Hopefully though, he doesn't get poached.
3: Oh, Scott's bringing up a point. He says, Deshaun and Mike Purcell are different positions on paper right now. They are, but when the push when when they get out there on the grass, those guys get rotated with the exception of Draymond. Like I never really see him get put at, at the nose tackle trying to think but like Mike Purcell he gets moved all around that bad boy and Deshaun too I don't know there's probably a technical foul there and you you probably have a point Scott in terms of like the, the technical reality of they're listed as different positions but I don't know I if you're paying Mike Purcell he should play that I mean he should be out there but at the same time I guess the argument too, Zach is that's a nice first guy in off the bench type thing for the rotation like Doesn't get much better than that, you know, for the NFL for your first guy in on the rotation to be Mike Purcell.
2: Yeah, I would say Deshaun is more DJ Jones and Mike Purcell is more Mike Purcell, you know, just a pure nose tackle, run stuffer kind of guy. He has utility, but only on early downs, whereas Deshaun can play presumably
3: all three downs. Phil says, Did any of our twos with some big boy stars, bro? Tip of the cap. Love you, Phil. Did any of our twos. Make enough to show a, a show to warrant a trade for or for a possible uh, higher draft pick. So let's go through some of the twos real quick that maybe be showcased during the preseason. Uh, I mean, depending on how you want to categorize Albert Okuwebunom, yeah, awesome. I don't think he's a bona fide one. And I think the the coaches kind of showed you they don't think so either. They put him as the tight end one in the first depth chart in a very nominal sense, but you don't play your number one tight end. When you've rested, like, in the face of, like, criticism, all of your starters, but you play him all the way into a fourth quarter in a, in a what was it, a second preseason game where you were getting she-lacked, obviously you don't view him as your starter. Let's be honest.
2: The other obvious name there is uh, Malik Reed. Uh, he's the only one pretty much that has trade value that would warrant being traded by the Broncos. So uh, Jonathan Cooper, he didn't do much this preseason though. So I can't say he has uh, any draft value, a safety. I'm thinking they're not going to trade Caden Stearns. Uh, Turner. Yell looked pretty good, but I would hang on to both those guys. I'm going to say Albert O and uh, Malik Reed. What about Graham Glasgow? You need him. Compton on PUP and Natani Moody out another couple of weeks. You have to keep uh Glasgow around. He's the top interior swing guy right now.
3: Here's a theory for you. Deller and Turner yell up and down, but man, does he bring the wood? Uh, Showed out that physicality. There's a couple of moments. He had that Olay moment in the second preseason game, but almost everybody that suited up in the orange and blue in that game was like, so it's hard to jump to a conclusion there. But Lay in the wood, because of that, would you maybe – Answer a call if someone's looking for P.J. Locke.
2: If they want P.J. Lock, and they want to give me a fifth form, that's fine. I have my three safeties I'm, I'm excited about, and I would keep Turner Yell in that situation. So, yeah, if they want to come for one of the
3: backup safeties, I'm willing uh, to have open ears. Here's another way of asking Phil's question. Did you see anything from any of the twos on both sides of the ball where you went, that's a starting caliber player right there? Mike Boone.
2: I think he okay. can be an RB two for half the league. He looked really good. Alberto, with the plays that he did make, looked like he could be a starting caliber tight end. But Mike Boone, to me, especially in that third game, man, he popped off the uh, the film.
3: What about
2: say? Hmm, hmm. This is pretty sad that we can't think
3: of one name. What about Baron Browning? Oh yeah, that's how we forget. Not him. as a trade, not as a trade piece, but as a starting was he good enough to you could plausibly see him as a starter
2: I want to see him against ones not against twos threes and fours but it looks like he is blossoming at that position and he could be the next terror off the edge I'm telling you that stun he had inside to scoop up that fumble looked like Von Miller man or Demarcus Ware it was pretty remarkable um Caden Stearns starter I don't know yet I think he's a good number three he needs one more year but he can be on that track pretty soon
3: what about the rookie corner? Um, Demari Mathis. Demari Mathis.
2: He's a guy that I was, like, pounding the table for in training camp, but he's fallen off a little bit in uh, preseason. I, I saw him give up a play. He played way too far off coverage to play I saw him. So he'll get better as it goes on, but I think a steal of a fourth-round pick regardless.
3: All right. Mike Reno still finding ways to throw down stars. You know we appreciate you, brother. Albert's saying, yo, yeah, what about Matt Henningsen? After a couple of games, maybe he could be a starter. I think that's definitely in his future, Albert. A couple games hmm, might take a little bit longer to percolate, marinate, but time will tell on that. I'm super excited. Again, if you go to uh, milehighhuddle.com, scroll down, there's a story two or three down where you'll see a line of scrimmage of Vikings and Broncos, and you see one guy that is just like two or three heads ahead of everyone else on the line. In his get off, and it's Matt Henningsen. Like, you wouldn't guess Matt Henningsen has some like preternatural get off, but he does. He's hard for these guys to handle. And once he kind of puts it all together with technique and the mental demand side of playing this game at the pro level, that guy's going to be a factor. You can't expose him to the waiver wire, not after the what he put on film. Not to say he was like some dominant force, but he was good enough. I can promise you that teams, if you wave him, they're going to scoop him.
2: Yeah, he's a, to me, a low end Derek Wolf, just in his demeanor and his style of play. He's also a very smart player, a very heady player. So it's always good to have. And yeah, I don't know about starter right away, but definitely a key backup with the potential to become a starter. I'm excited about his
3: future. I just love too the dudes that are in the league now because they walked on at their division one university. You know, imagine that like, okay, I'm way past uh, playing age. All right. Uh, I'm a cat in his uh, early 40s, but I put myself at age 22. No, granted, when I was whatever, 18, 19 years old, age of trying to walk on at a university or whatever, I was like 160 pounds, soaking wet. I was getting, I wasn't even trying. But the will, what I'm getting at here, of saying, no, all these dudes who are here on scholarship, all these dudes who these schools' scouting departments and recruiting department. Uh, believed was worthy of uh, free ride and whatnot. I'm going to go show them that I'm just as good, if not better. Like it's the will to do that and then actually succeed. I love that dude. I just, I don't know what it is. I love that. It's similar to how you feel about a college free agent, a guy like Chris Harris or CJ or Philip Lindsay, who didn't get hear his name called in the draft, but gets signed and, and beats out guys who did to make the roster. It's a similar thing, but I almost think Zach, it takes even more impetus because as a college free agent, yeah, you have an agent, and you're putting feelers out there, but you they're calling you. Teams are calling you. You're already some kind of an established quantity of some sort. As a walk-on dude, like you're starting from scratch, and you're trying to break in with some, some of the greatest athletes in the country.
2: Yeah, and we know that George Payton has an affinity for like walk-ons, team captains, team leaders, so he definitely fits that bill. I really am excited
3: to see what he can do under Marcus Dixon on that dark side D-line. Juero, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. One of our bona fide Super Chat superstars here at MHH. He says, who got finessed harder, the Broncos with Jawan James or the Houston Texans with Brock Osweiler? I saw that the Broncos settled with Jawan James and thought, great. How much is he paying us? True. Yeah. So in case you missed it, Juero, the Broncos said, all right, Get out of my face. Insert Nacho Libre. Um, get that coin out of my face, Jiff. All right. But uh, they said, here's a million, a little over a million dollars to settle your grievance. And he wanted his full bonus. So he he accepted about 10% of what he was asked. Not bonus, full uh, salary. He accepted about 10% of what his grievance was asking for. So that's a modest victory for the Broncos, who were just trying to exercise that demon and get, and extricate themselves from that bad juju. You know, I would say the Texans,
2: because that's a quarterback compared to a tackle, and quarterback is the most important position, but they moved on into Deshaun Watson, whereas the Broncos moved on into Eli Wilkinson at right tackle. So I'm going to say the Broncos lost that, but both teams came out uh, pretty
3: pretty badly. Mike Reno, throwing down some stars. Thank you, bro. Finding a way. Making a way. Uh, Mike, who's so diligent, he's in every single chat. He's always one of the first to comment. Appreciate you, Mike. He says, What are your thoughts on Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in fantasy football? Zach, I, to use the word extricate again, I'm out on fantasy. Like, I can give you common sense stuff, but like, I'm not in that anymore. I don't, I haven't played for two or three years. Yeah, I got you. Uh,
2: Javante would be like an early round pick. I, I wouldn't say he's like on Jonathan Taylor level where he's a round one pick, but if you can get him in round two, definitely round three, I would scoop him up. But Melvin Gordon's not going away. And I wrote an article recently about Nathaniel Hackett saying he wants to give Melvin the ball a lot. So if you have Javante, my advice, wherever you draft him, would be if you can to get Gordon as a handcuff because those two is going to be another timeshare for another year. It's going to be Javante as the RB1, but Melvin is close behind. And I want to say while we're on the topic, Chad, really quickly, we have the MHH Fantasy League. We have one spot left. and. Uh, it's come to my attention via Boise Man, the commissioner of the league, that there's two members who've signed up, who've committed, but haven't paid. So Cloud9, TK, and Xander Man. If you're listening, whoever pays first and registers first gets the last spot. So that's uh, a shout out to you guys. Make that happen. The draft is in a few. It's Saturday evening. So we have a few days left.
3: Get her done. Get her done. Uh, Zebulon says, I picked up Javante round three and was stoked. That's great value for Javante. Solid value, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Get Melvin, though, if you can. Man, I used to live and die with fantasy football. Like, before I fully jumped into uh, sports media, man. I mean, obviously, I, I lived and died with the Broncos, but, like, I put as much, you know, impetus as a fan into how my team, my fantasy team did as my real team. So, like, if the Broncos lost on Sunday... I I would still have a solid week if my fantasy team won or whatever, right? I do miss those days. I just don't have the time to do it anymore. I wish I did. You know, that's one big difference between Zach and I. I've got a house full of little kids running around.
2: Michael Jordan Shrugged. Uh, but if you're, if you're in a PPR league while we're on the topic, if you can get Melvin Gordon, that's how I feel like the Broncos are going to utilize him, more so as a pass catcher than a runner. You have Javante for that. So I see some comments from Chase and Nick D saying he has RB3 upside Melvin Gordon. I agree with that. If you can get him in the middle rounds, I would scoop him up.
3: By the way, guys, as you see the rankings ticking across the bottom of the screen for Facebook and, and as we cycle through and show you YouTube as well, those are the people currently, if the month ended right now, Uh, Those are the people whose names would be going into the hat for the drawing to have the MHH red carpet rolled out for the meet and greet September 25th against the San Francisco 49ers. Zach, myself, Scott Kennedy, Eric Trickle, Carl Dummler, you know, a lot of the gang is going to be there at the stadium, throwing down, hanging out, uh, meeting and greeting and having fun. We're going to be. You know, having a drink or two. We're going to be having some good grub. We're going to be playing games. We're going to be shooting content. We're going to be doing live podcasts from the stadium. And we're not going to get harassed by the
2: golf cart drivers at the stadium.
3: Fingers crossed. Andrew Lampy. good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Um, But anyway, we want you guys there. And it was such a fun experience for us last year. We were like, we got to do this every single year. It's got to be tradition. Just getting to meet so many of you. So if you're in Denver, come down and see us. Even if you're not going to go to the game, come down and see us. And uh, if you end up being one of the winners for the red carpet, you know what the the details are. We all you got to do is get yourself there. All right? So if you're one of the names the, the name that's drawn from the the YouTube pool or the Facebook pool, two names are getting drawn, one from each pool. All you got to do is get yourself there. So whether you're in Denver or if you live outside of Denver, you get to Denver, we'll put you up in a in a hotel. We'll feed you while you're there. And then we'll get you a ticket to the game so you get the whole experience. Plus, you get to hang out with us the whole time. It'll be fun. And I, I promise you, we're, we're pretty fun in person. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty cool dudes. You'll have a good time. So those of you who've been throwing down, vying for that, we do appreciate it. And if you don't win, it's all good. We still want to see you there. And it's going to be here before you know it. We've now closed. We're inside a month till that goes down.
2: I can't wait. That's going to be a good game regardless, but obviously we'll, we'll have to see as many of you out there as possible. Did you hear that Jimmy G, because the Broncos are playing the Niners, he's staying in San Francisco? So it could be if Trey Lance underperforms in prime time, Jimmy Garoppolo versus that Broncos defense. I'm licking my
3: lips as we speak. Albert will be in the exact same spot we were last year. All right, so right outside, uh, right outside, it's the southeast – end. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me what lot it is. But it's it won't be hard to find this exact same spot, bro. Uh, okay, guys. Any other uh, burning questions, topics, get them in the chat because we're about out of time here today. Zach, I want to circle back and make sure we haven't missed any pertinent news today. Um, we did touch on this a little bit yesterday, Zach, but I just can't. I just got such a kick out of seeing Nathaniel Hackett's preseason game three victory speech dude like what for those who missed the podcast last night or didn't listen today on the radio what was your uh perception your takeaway from from that
2: I love it. I want to run through a wall when I hear Nathaniel Hackett talk or get excited about football. He was so happy to get that victory. And what more so stuck out to me was not a coach being a coach and being excited, but the players, how they responded to that, how they took to that type of treatment after years of Fangio and having that graveyard environment, win or lose in the locker room. I love Nathaniel Hackett's energy. It's infectious. It's going to make the Broncos a better team. Though I will say I saw a video. It's pretty funny. I saw a video of Brett Rippon who was Mike up before the Vikings game, and he went over to Hackett and said he was mic'd up. And Hackett said, "Oh, you're mic'd up. Did you get that rash cleared up that we talked about? We don't want <laughs> you to play with it during the game." So having a coach like uh, that with that sense of humor, the it. levity that he brings yeah. to the team is great.
3: Yeah, uh Phil, thank you, buddy. Throwing down some big boy stars tonight. You're the man, dude. Thank you, bro. Uh, Zach Vignola wants to know: I missed the game three victory speech. Where can I find it? Go to MileHighHuddle.com. Scroll down. It'll be like the second or third story Ooh. below the carousel, and uh, you'll see it. It's right there. Boom, right there for you. Go check it out. Uh, Zach, let's, uh, let's hit the bricks. Guys, tomorrow it's going to be a busy day of news and everything, and Zach and I are off for the podcast, but make sure you tune in with us for the Mile High Huddle Show on 98.1 FM of Mile High Sports in Denver. And if you're not in Denver, just connect with us on Twitter, and you'll see Zach and I tweeting out the links to listen right before the, the show starts.
2: Look, I don't have to botch the podcast name anymore. We changed the handle officially, guys. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Follow us on the main account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself, Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merchandise, HuddleUpPod.com. You see Chad and I both wearing it. Check it out when you can. Really good stuff there. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. If you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre say five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, as you see ticking below you, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans,
3: just like y'all. Also, don't forget to go hit the link in our description and go sign up for that my bookie offer. Get your money doubled. Use the code WILSON22, and you will be able to fully capitalize on that and uh, partake in winning season. It's here. We've been mired in losing season for the last six years, but winning season is finally back upon us. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. Shiloh. Oh, that was today, but I'm still going to shout out Shiloh. Crumb uh, uh, Tonight, the Dutch is throwing down from the top rope. Huero on Facebook. Great supporters, starting with Phil McLaughlin at the very top, throwing down some big boy stars. Thank you, bro. Mike Reno, Andrew Lampy, Dean W. Johnson. Howie frickin' day in the freaking house, throwing down some freaking stars for this freaking podcast. We love it, dude. Thank you, bro. And, yes, you guys can see, 2 p.m. Mountain Time every single day. If you're not in Denver, just connect with us on Twitter. You'll never have to search for the link. We're always going to tweet it out right before the show, and you can listen live. Let me see if I can get this down on the
2: first try. Tomorrow, be sure to tune in tomorrow morning for Building the Broncos. Tomorrow evening for Building the bron- uh. bron- Broncos for Breakfast. yeah, okay. Broncos for – Messed it up. Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning, building the Broncos tomorrow evening, beckoning the Broncos Wednesday morning, Mile High Insiders Wednesday evening, Broncos for breakfast Thursday morning, and then us, as you see on your screen, the Mile High Huddle show Thursday evening. We're back on then. Take care, guys. Have a great start to your week, and as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.
1: dinner.